0: Hi, I'm Craig Lance. I'm Will Davison. I'm Mark Winterbottom. I'm Greg Murphy.
1: We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the
0: V8 Insiders.
2: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell.
3: Winterbottom and Tanders split the super GP. Yeah, it's been a tough week, so... uh Really glad the the weekend's over. Plenty going on from what I heard, and you know, it always happens here at Indy, and uh, tends to always happen in the last race. While Wink Cup licks his wounds, probably one of the most disappointing days of my uh, of my racing career, to be honest. And We find
1: out about the regrid in race four today, as the lights go out on another edition.
4: Of the
1: In an incident filled weekend, Frosty Winterbottom battled back from the disappointment of Bathurst and glandular fever to take the most points over the weekend and the victory in race twenty of the championship. Oh, when you get a win, you
0: know the adrenaline kicks in so that'll that 'll help anything that 's going to happen tomorrow but um, awesome to be back up and, and winning again and having the speed that uh, that FPR should should be uh, you know we should be winning races or, or contesting for them so um, that was a great weekend and the guys really gave you, the, you know, the equipment to do the job and I wish I was 100% because I reckon we uh, mightn't have finished second in two of the others. Garth Tander
1: backed up his win in race 19 with a solid second place in race 20. The
3: you know, team's got great momentum at the moment, having won you know, a lot of races and the 500k race and obviously Bathurst and you know, things are going really well. Will's closed right in on the championship lead now and um, you know, I've closed a little bit uh, so things are looking better for us, we're leading the team's championship. So, um, yeah, look, obviously um, the 888 guys, we're, we're putting plenty of pressure on them and there's a few cracks starting to appear in their armoury. So, um, you know, we'll continue to apply as much pressure as we can and, and um, you know, really enjoy the battle to the end of the year. James Courtney found his way to the podium
1: with a third-place result this pleasing the Jim Beam racer.
3: track changed a lot over the weekend and we were probably two steps behind it the whole time until that last race and, uh, you know, it's good to know that we did nail it in that last race. We were matching the speed for, with these guys up until a few laps to go and we had a bit of an issue with the gearbox. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy uh, to get third, get a cool surfboard.
1: The weekend was a disaster for Team Vodafone driver Jamie Winkup, who managed to retain the points lead in the championship.
3: We're in front. We shouldn't be in front. We, it was a very, very tough weekend. Um, probably one of the most disappointing days of my uh, of my racing career, to be honest. With that, with that brain fade this morning. So uh, we'll fight back. You know, I, I got to get my head into gear and um, fight back. I, I sat on the grid and I said to my engineer, "What, what do you?" What should we, what's their plan here and he said mate don't come in unless you're in the top six so that's what we did so you keep going on to hope
1: island if you're not in the top six <laughs> in a weekend that had more incidents on track than the rest of the season collectively the decision that had some drivers and team owners baffled was the reset of the race 20 part b field Garth Tander was one of the many outspoken critics of the decision.
3: Yeah, look, it was a little because um, Lowndes obviously got a bad start and then Frosty was leading to the first chicane and then um, Lowndes carved me up and then after making contact with me ran into Russell and spun Russell around and, um, you know, I got through after a while all that was happening and then uh, they put the safety car out to put Lowndes back in the lead which I found very confusing but... Um, you know, it just looks bad for our sport that we we do stuff like that. But um, you know, at the end of the day, they gave him a drive-through through his part in the Russell incident, and um, you know, it, it, the sort of normality returned. But um, you know, there was a lot of laps under safety car where people that you know followed the sport probably got deprived of some good racing. Chief
1: steward for the V8 Supercars is Stephen Chopping. He told the V8 Insiders that since the weekend they have had a number of teams contact them congratulating them on the manner
5: with which they addressed the lowndes incident. On the uh, Wednesday morning after the meeting, Craig, what I received uh, was a copy of an email that went to uh, Kurt Saksuski that said that... Um, from um, HSV, their thanks for the way in which um, the matter was resolved. And it said, from our point of view, it was handled fairly and correctly, exactly as discussed in the team managers' and drivers' briefings. It's a shame not all were present or paying attention. And that's, in fact, from Garth's own team. So, what
1: was the reason for the formation reset? Chopping explains.
5: But what happens is that uh, always at surfers, uh, with the uh, particularly the first chicane, um, there's um, a, a tendency for cars to block up the road in any first lap incident in the first corner, and then a number of cars shortcut the circuit. In the past, we tried a number of different ways to get around that. All of those had seemed to be less than satisfactory. Um, these are all ones that are done, directed by the race director and the driving standards observer, more particularly than the stewards. But uh, in this uh, instance, for the whole of that meeting, what was a, what was agreed at the drivers' briefing on the suggestion of the DSO was that um, <clears throat> in the event that the track became blocked in turn one or turn two, and there are a number of cars that shortcut, anybody who shortcut was to redress and get back into the position in which they were beforehand. And because it was probably going to be difficult to establish what the order was in the event of uh, a lot of shortcutting, the agreement was that they go back to grid order, which was only a few hundred metres before, and that uh, if the field wasn't able to sort itself into appropriate grid order after uh, uh, the, a turn one incident such as occurred in uh, leg two in that race, then uh, the safety car would be used to assist the field to uh, regroup into the appropriate order, and that was what was done.
1: Russell Ingall had almost as many hits as Elvis across the weekend. He spoke about the shunt with Jason Bright in practice.
2: There's a few things going on around my mind. If he couldn't get reverse, I was actually going to get him, get out and give him a hand to get reverse. Maybe give him a clip around the ears on the way through as well. But Anyway, like I said, we'll sort it out. And, um, what goes around comes around. It's probably what I need. I've been a bit casual coming into this meeting so I need something to fire me up.
1: Team owner Paul Morris told the V8 insiders that Russell's more than likely going to get even very soon.
2: When you get guys of this calibre that,
0: that are pushing 100%, there's, there's got to be mistakes. So... Um, yeah, everyone knows the job's dangerous when they come here, so just you know, don't suck up if it happens to you.
1: Will Davison's podium on Saturday's race 19 looked like he was on track to take the championship lead, but at last it wasn't to be.
3: Just wanted to uh, just keep the points ticking over now and, uh, and anything can happen like Jamie proved.
1: So at the end of the 10th event of the championship, the weekend results were very interesting. The Championship looks as follows, Jamie Wing Cup on 2,005 points, Will Davison is 32 points back, Garth Tander 289 points, then Lowndes is 430, with Winterbottom rounding out the top 5 at 743, and really out of contention. Garth Tander told the V8 Insiders that he is expecting to be called into the HRT office four instructions as the championship battle heads to sydney
3: yeah look my my role i'm still trying to win the championship for myself and i'll do anything i can to win it without jeopardizing what will's trying to do um but um you know if it gets to the point where realistically i'm not a shot for the championship i'll do what i can where i can to help will as much as possible
1: after the break, the news continues with plenty of stuff going on in the silly season. It's really hitting high gear.
2: The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
3: Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone. and you're listening
4: to V8 Insiders.
1: Ford Performance Racing has found the third licence it's been seeking, with Rod Nash joining forces with the Ford factory team for three years. Nash told the V8 Insiders that the deal came together very naturally.
6: Tim Edwards and myself sort of having a conversation. Tim, um, Tim and I sort of, you know, um, played together and um, and it all happened pretty naturally, which was, which is uh, obviously at the end of the day a, a good deal with the way it worked out. You know, it's all reasonably complex um, when you're uh, setting up deals like this, because it just doesn't um, stop. at a couple of parties, uh, uh, you know, entities like your sponsors and um, and other people involved uh, have to be consulted, and um, and you you know you just about you pull on one lever and it pushes another lever. So uh, uh, you got to sort of get them all in the uh, in the middle and line them all up, and then you get yourself a deal. So so that's what's
1: sort of been transpiring over the last month. With the hunt for the licence at a premium, Nash said he had a number of other serious offers to partner up with.
6: Yeah. definitely uh three of the teams and there was probably another couple that I didn't uh, that I know of that were wanting to do that and I didn't actually talk to them. At the end of the day you can
1: sort of um put too many options uh in, in front of you, um, so it starts to get confusing. So how will a driver for the Bottle Falcon be chosen?
6: It'll it will be a joint decision. It's probably more the relationship the two and I have struck up. Um, you know, we uh you know we're we're similar in nature the way we operate and uh and Tim has a wealth of experience and um you know i guess i have uh, some too so i think uh putting using the two putting the two heads together um is a um is a, a good synergy and um so workshopping around you know, which driver you actually pick at the end of the day is quite important to the mix these days.
1: Any partnership like this was going to require a lot of work with teams and sponsors all being closely involved. But for Nash, one of the biggest surprises was that Bottolo agreed to extend their sponsorship with the news of the new alliance.
6: R&R and FPR did a uh, three-year term starting as as of uh, 2010, and um and I was one year into my three-year term of my sponsor of, of, with the Bolo, and uh, the Bolo seen the whole um, proposal strong enough to reset the contract again, and they'll start, uh, instead of having two years to run from 2010, we start again, and we'll have three years to run as of 2010. So that's the s- sort of support that you can gain, but that's also, um, you know, having won the brand, and that supercars is certainly going from strength to strength there on the brand side and then, of course, the relationship with the actual company that these sponsors are dealing with.
1: While on FPR, Mark Winterbottom is starting to shore up his future with a contract still signed for 2010. He's looking to extend his time with the Ford factory team. It's been rumoured that Sprint Gas Racing's racing entitlement contract may be up for sale. But the team have said that their selling up is only one option for them in 2010. They are still looking for a technical alliance to allow them to prepare four cars. One thing that has been confirmed is that Greg Murphy will be leaving Sprintcast Racing to join Russell Engel at Supercheap Auto Racing. The rumor over the weekend is that Sprintcast Racing has an agreement with D'Alberto Racing to sell them one of their wrecks. But the Alberto said that he'll not know what he's doing for another month.
6: It's not a very good situation to be in, to be honest. It's uh, quite stressful trying to work out what you're going to do. and uh, You know, we're working hard at it. We haven't got in and locked in yet. But um, we're, we're hoping that we, we've got something in place. But until later in the year, we really can't confirm anything. So, um, And nothing can, can be uh, confirmed to us. So, sort of just uh, fingers crossed at the moment. Just There's other teams out there that are... The, you know, there might be leasing licenses that might not, not want to do that anymore. But there's uh there's actually not that many opportunities out there, there's actually a lot of people after them. So although v um you often hear that there's not that many people wanting licenses and a lot of people trying to get rid of them, but there's a lot of people out there trying to buy and, and get involved in sport which is, you know, shows the support the support the category's got and, and how healthy it is. But,
1: um yeah, like I said, there's um there's a few options out there. It's, um, not short, it' not sure what has to doing. Rex or racing entitlement contracts are a hot commodity at the moment Jason bright currently has two and is in the process of working out what he'll be doing in 2010
7: firstly uh, you know lock away a deal for for you know my future and as a driver um, you know working on that pretty hard you know and trying into it you know the the licenses as well um, you know it's it's all falling into place you know, i'm pretty confident now that that you know i've got what i need to uh to you know be competitive and and uh head into next year with um you know with with a good operation so you know at this stage i you know whether i hang on to two licenses or not it's hard to say um but you know i'd certainly i'd certainly only um you know release one license if uh if i was pretty confident that i could get it back at some stage He'll, you know, buy another one at some stage.
1: Bright has told the V8 insiders that he will not have Fujitsu support, with many teams talking to the company throughout the year, trying to get the blue chip sponsor. I've already been
7: told that, you know, they they won't be back. Um, wasn't a wasn't a major shock. Um, yeah, hence, why I've been working on a uh, on a backup plan, which will all be you know, revealed in the not-too-distant future.
1: Carl Hitchcock, media manager for V8 Supercars, said that even though there's a lot of interest in licences, there are a lot more factors involved in allowing the wrecks held by V8 Supercars back out onto the market.
8: We've always said that uh, at, at any stage we can decrease or, ex- or increase the the, the the number of licences, but it's a lot more complex than that. Um, for a number of reasons, you know in these uh, in these times where money and, and sponsorship dollars and other things are a little bit more Difficult to come by than they have been in the past it, it makes a lot of commercial sense um, you know to, to to Stick with the the 28 number um, And you know that's why teams are pairing up in 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 three and four car three and four car operations because um um, you know, it makes more commercial sense to them.
1: Premier Anna Blythe was on hand at the Super GP and said that the organisers would be looking at all options for how the event might run from 2010 onwards.
4: We'll have a really good look at it.
5: What we want is something that's in the best interests of the sport, something that's in the best interests of the Gold Coast and in the best interests of taxpayers. And I'm very confident that
4: uh, we'll see that happen.
1: Tony Cochran from V8 Supercars Australia said they want more control. And many thought that was to run the event. But media manager Cole Hitchcock suggested that the running of the Super GP may not have been what Tony was saying.
8: So what I think Tony was more saying, you know, it's in our interest for this Gold Coast event to continue for many, many years to come, with or without an international category. But if you're going to go and make these big decisions, consult us, ask our opinions. And it's actually in our contract that we need to... um, we need to have that involvement for whatever reason uh, the uh, the promoter went out and announced a 1 GP i think late last year without uh, without advising us because we would have strongly advised otherwise so i think that's more he was talking about
1: Cole Hitchcock told the V8 Insiders that the decision of Fujitsu General to continue their sponsorship of the development series was a testimony to the quality and professionalism of the category.
8: Absolutely. I mean, it's a cracking result. Fujitsu, um, you know, they're just a tremendous company and uh, they've been way behind this series for, for quite some time now. and It's really, really good for us because, you know, it's a great series in itself it's the second best category in the country uh fairly much i mean you know you could probably put it at least uh you know on par with uh, with some of you know maybe two of the other leading categories that uh, that are that are you know in a full-time uh championship basis
1: hitchcock suggested that he would like to see more main game fujitsu doubles with the super gp being a possibility for discussion.
8: I mean, it couldn't have happened last weekend because it was just way, way too short a notice. But uh, you know, if if uh, if an international uh, category isn't secured, the Gold Coast event goes ahead with the uh, with the eight supercars alone. I reckon the Fujitsu series guys would be great around there. Um, a bit uh, might wreak a bit more carnage than what we already saw in the in the main game.
1: The new V eight supercar board was announced last week. Tim Edwards, Paul Morris, Ross Stone, Roger Cook, Mark Scaife, Roland Dane, Tony Cochran and representing Sports and Entertainment Limited, James Erskine. Jason Bright and Larry Perkins are out with Ross Stone, who left the board two years ago replaced by Jason Bright, now finds himself back in the same seat. There are two alternate directors, Tim Miles and Brad Jones. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Gordon Lomas and Grant Boyden will be along
2: to dissect the Gold Coast. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders.
1: Hi, I'm Rick Kelly from Jack Daniels Racing and you're listening to the V8
4: Insiders. Welcome
1: back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from V8X Magazine, it's Gordon Lomas. Good evening, Gordo. Howdy,
0: Craig? How are you going?
1: I'm going great, as is this man, Grant Boyden, or Boydo. It's Gordo <laughs> and Boydo today. As uh, It's great to have you back on the show. It's good to be here. As, guys, we come into this week's show after the A one debacle the super gp the super 600 as i was calling it last week what did you think of how it all played out gordon
0: well you know it was uh, leading up to it it was a super fiasco a super farce if you like let alone uh, super gp but look i um... You know, for one I'm really, really disappointed. I've been to uh to every race since ninety one there. Um and uh you know in the in the CARP days and in the Champ Car days and then last year the IRL were there. Um look there's been good times, there's been bad times, but by and large it's been an absolutely ball terror meeting. Um because it's you know, it's got that point of difference, it's got the uh it's had the American presence. You know, it's it's been it was the event was born out of an international series being you know albeit being an american series but uh, but that's what it, what its point of difference was that wasn't there this year as much as we love v8 supercars part of this event died this year and i'm sorry i was really really disappointed with the whole show boydo what was your thoughts
9: yeah look gordon you make he makes quite a few good points there and and the fact of the matter is that it was supposed to be an international event but the, the fact of the matter is there has been a change in direction. Now, Anna Bly was saying that next year there will be an international flavour back to it and we've only got to, you know, take her word on that. In years gone by, it has been a massive event. There's no argument about it. It's been one of the best events of the lot. The, the thing I struggle with the most, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts, is people are to me, where are you going this weekend? I'm going to the Super GP. What's that? Indy. Oh, you're going to Indy. Changing the branding name, I think, was one of their, their biggest issues. You know, outside last year, it wasn't, hasn't been Indy for quite some time, so branding-wise, I think they probably should have stayed uh, the same, and that should have been something that happened from, you know, last year. Um, the fact that there wasn't an international category on the car, well, I'm an international open-wheeler fan, so I'm obviously going to be biased, but I've got to say, I thought the V8s put on a fantastic show, and the punters that did go did not walk away disappointed. I guess the uh,
1: comments that I was receiving was based around the fact that there was the, the big gaps, particularly on f- Thursday and Friday, be, between action on the track. And, uh, and people who have gone to Indy have, have had a full program where it's just been action, 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 or, you know, event, event, event. Um, and that was really where people were saying to me that it, they felt it fell down but let's face it. Well, if I could
9: jump in there, if I could jump in there, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, because, and particularly you, Gordon, because I think that is an absolute crock. I can remember back in the pro car days where we'd get there at 7 o'clock in the morning, run two races and sit there for an hour while a street sweeper for Indy cars drove around and cleaned off the circuit. I actually thought myself, while there were still big gaps, and I hate those gaps, let's give the punters something to view, I still thought, this year, those gaps were probably less than ever before.
0: Yeah, look, I, I think it's a good point. If you go to a normal V8 supercar meeting um, at, uh, at, at a permanent circuit, for example, you know, you've got, you've got gaps of, like, three hours in between V8 supercar sessions where absolutely nothing happens. So, you know, it's probably exaggerated to a degree, but I can tell you, and this is probably something for later on in the program, Team Vodafone <laughs> weren't... Uh, we certainly needed every bit of that two hours on Sunday to, we- to uh, fix Jamie Wincup's uh, accident. Yeah. yeah, well, let's talk about
1: the racing because the story could be Mark Winterbottom getting back into the uh, winner's circle. The story could be Jamie Wincup choking in the uh, clutches or the story could be uh, HRT having to make a decision on do they want the person that's 32 points behind in the championship in will davison or do they want their one-time champion who's 149 points back oh sorry no he's not he's uh 289 points back in the championship garth tander to be the one that's really fighting for the championship there is just that much that's come out of all the racing this weekend isn't there uh, gordo
0: It'll be interesting to see the politics uh, in HRT over the next or over the last three rounds um, because, uh, you know, Garth's, you know, while he's, he's just under 300 points behind... Um, he's, he's really shot back into contention, genuinely, uh, you know, after the weekend. And uh, and Davo, you know, he's just he's just a breath away from taking the lead. So it be interesting to see how HRT play it. Um, but yes, there was, you know, three clear stories out of the weekend, I feel. You know, not, you can take nothing away from Mark Winterbottom. You know, yes, he's had race wins in the past. He's had a dozen or so race wins. He's had round, he's had four, four or five round wins. But I'll tell you what. You know, his effort on the weekend was, was his absolute crowning moment in V8 Supercars. I know he got pole position at Bassett a, a few years ago, but, gee, you know, after all he went through with his, with his illness and whatever, um, to win two races and to finish second in the, in the other two or whatever it was, that was just a monumental effort under enormous pressure. So, uh, you know, with HRT coming on and Jamie sort of falling away a bit, you know, wow, what a weekend of V8 supercar racing. Mm. And boy, no, it's uh, going to continue on from the Super GP because
1: Phillip Island and then over to Perth at Barbagello and, of course, the Sydney 500, which that's going to be just as big a lottery
9: as what the uh, Gold Coast race always is. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that, that. The fact that the final round this year is going to be at a circuit where nobody has data, nobody has telemetry. And let's be honest... V8 supercars are about, you know, finding the best in the car, finding the best in the driver and the team that can adapt to the the changing conditions of of those racetracks quickly. And wouldn't it be, I mean, maybe we're just living in a hope, hoping that this comes down to the final round here at Sydney, but, wow, wouldn't it be a sensational way to launch what should be an outstanding event? But, Gordon, I've got to agree with you. Mark Winterbottom on the weekend, I thought he was not just the story of the weekend, but I'd say almost the story of the year outside, of course, Bathurst, because being lucky enough, as, as you were, to be able to get close to Mark over the weekend, at the end of that final race, you, you, you can say what you like, you can hide and you can play the media game as many times as you like, but you can't take away a person's eyes. His eyes were glassed over, and when he got behind the podium around where nobody could see him... He put his hands down on his knees, he bent over, and he was sucking in the air. He was one very, very sick boy, and to do what he did, beyond the fact that the team and Tim Edwards and the team obviously gave him a fantastic car, to do what he did was a superhuman feat, and one that just tells you the intestinal fortitude of the guy. I was absolutely stunned by how well he did under those circumstances.
1: Mm. Now, and just to let you know, like he was equal points after the Part A and Part B on Saturday with Garth Tander, he's come back out on Sunday and finished ten points ahead of Garth Tander over the course of the four races. And say what you will about the Part A, Part B, and I'll let you do that in a moment. Um, by last year's definition, that's a round win, and it was a pretty convincing one at that. What did you, Boido, think of this part A, part B concept? Realising that they did it for a particular reason—that is, because they only had so many points on the weekend, and they wanted to have four races.
9: Yeah, look, I, I have to agree with them, and and that's for that exact reason. If if you're going to, you know, nominate X amount of points. For a weekend delay then you, you can't rewrite those rules i I think that the teams and v8 and, yeah, supercars australia did a great job into in being able to shuffle across and making it all work and I, I know that there are a lot of um, you know discussions making sure that people were going to be comfortable with it and there weren't going to be protests further down the line which would pretty much destroy our sport I'm sure you'd both agree it it was what it was i I'd like to see points you know for each race you know and, and and, and you draw the line at that. You know, not dissimilar to the argument we had a few years ago over, over you know, the Clipson 500 and the point structure there. But for what they had and the time they had to do it, that was the best result. And I, I couldn't go any other way but back them.
0: Oh, look, I thought, um, considering uh, the short notice, uh, uh, or supposed short notice that they had, um, and to get together, you know, four, you know, 150K races... Uh, two each day, Saturday and Sunday, I thought uh, I thought it was quite good. Uh, the teams certainly had their work cut out for them uh, in the week leading up to it because they had so much more preparation to do, there was, you know, so much more strategies came into play, there was so much more, um, you know, the engineers and the strategists had to uh, contend with. So, uh, you know, I think uh, by and large, um, I- everyone was a winner, you know. Uh, that, you know, the, the team's got uh, got plenty more racing and the fans, you know, got four races in two days, which, uh, you know, uh, by its very nature, 600 kilometres, um, you know, it's, it's second um, only to Bathurst. Um, in, the, in the, you know, the amount of distance that's raced uh, this year, um, certainly more than uh, the Phillip Island uh, Enduro.
7: Mm.
1: Yeah, now we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders, but we've got plenty more on the white flag lap. I hope you'll stay with us.
2: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi,
3: it's Bugs here. Jason
1: Bugwana from the Sprint Gas Racing Team, and you are listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to this week's White Flag Lap. We're continuing our roundtable and, of course, gas and go at the end. But uh, just quickly now, as we look to some of the other news stories out of this weekend, a new board is going to be, uh, well, well, was installed last weekend and uh, one of the big things is Larry Perkins out of the board no s- real surprise there I don't think as he's uh, not contesting cars in the series at the moment although he does too have racing entitled con- uh, entitlement contracts and Jason Bright also not with the board Ross Stone picking up the seat that he gave to Bright two years ago and then two alternates in Tim Miles from Sprint Gas Racing
9: and Brad Jones sitting there
1: What's, uh, what's your thoughts, Boydo, on how we will see the sport governed?
9: I, I've got to be honest, the bright one did surprise me a little bit, um, but I think there's probably more to, th- to this story than meets the eye, and we'll hear probably more about that in the next, next few weeks, I dare say. I, I, I'm, I'm referring to... The 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 spate that we're about to see of teams merging with each other and and things of that nature. I know there's been a couple announced, um, and I'm just wondering if the bright, if the bright move has been one that was um, more from a, a technical or a logical point of view than anything else. I think Jones being on the board is a good thing. He's a he can be a level head, but you know he's still equally strong and determined, and and, and is quite passionate about his sport. So. Um, that one to me makes a, a great deal of sense, I, I think. Larry Perkins stepping aside, well, I suppose that was inevitable in many respects. Um, you know, and as you say, he's, he doesn't have the, the, the involvement he's had, that he's had in years gone by and, and probably a fair call and, and, you know, a
0: good thing for him to do. Mm. Got it? Yeah, one of the interesting things for me is that, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, V8 supercars want, want to uh, be rid of uh, manufacturer um a representation on the board and uh but that that hasn't happened uh, in this instance in the two-day board meeting lead up leading up to the gold coast race uh tim edwards um uh retained his position um for performance racing um and uh you know uh, also uh ross stone uh, was was voted back onto the board so so there you go there's two you know the only two ford factory teams and they've got representation um you know, it's it's a requirement now that you don't need an equal equal balance of Ford and hold manufacturers and, and that's partly because, you know, with this car of the future coming in in 2012, um, they're, you know, opened it up to more manufacturers coming in and it's, it's it, you know, part of it is for that. So, um, I- interestingly, you know, they haven't got rid of the manufacturer representation, but... You know, as was told to me by um, a board member that was voted, uh, voted in last week, you know, who was voted in was the best I've got, and that's the best I've got to work with, so so be it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I really... I can't see any, any real surprises there. I think I reiterate what uh, Boydo said before about Brad Jones. Brad Jones is a very, very smart guy, and I think he, you know, as... as um, you know, as an as an emergency board sitting board member, as you like, I think uh, I think he will uh, do a great job um, along with uh, Tim Miles from Sprint Gas Racing. Mm, yeah. I think the biggest thing, guys, about Brad Jones and and I, and I made comment about
9: this, at Bathurst, was that at the end of the day, Brad Jones Racing is is a family orientated business, and they can mould between those that are further down the grid who are, you know, no, I don't want to use the term weekend racers, but not at the level of, say, the Stone Brothers or the, the Team Vodafones or HRT or any of those conglomerates, but they can balance between the smaller... Um, teams in V8 supercars and the commercial reality, and I, I think that's Brad's biggest asset, that he understands both sides of that camp
7: mm.
1: Well, moving on, more news now, and Fujitsu money going to Gary Rogers Motorsport What do you think of that one? I know that just about everyone on pit lane had been knocking on Fujitsu's door saying well we can do a better deal than what you've got now,
9: but uh, it looks like Gary Rogers has come up trumps Bottom. Well, that that is an interesting one. I mean, obviously, uh, Jason Bright won't be too pleased with that, but my understanding is that there were six teams buying for that Fujitsu dollar, you know, pretty much every man and his dog had had put their hand up and they were, Fujitsu themselves were pretty determined that to continue their marketing campaign and to continue their strategy, they wanted a two car team out there. And they've been experimenting over the, the last few years with different color schemes. And the one they have now stands out, like proverbials, even if it was pouring rain, you'd still see that car. Probably see nothing else, but you'd see that car. Mm. And um, they want to continue their marketing campaign. They wanted a solid team that could work on a on a reasonably small budget and could give them, you know, value for dollar. And geez, going by Gary Rogers' standards over the last couple of rounds, you'd have to you'd have to be uh, putting forward some pretty good data to argue against that one. I would think, Gordon.
0: Mm. Oh, look, you know, I, I, seriously, I. I honestly believe that the Fujitsu money has gone to the best home possible, you know, in Gary Rogers Motorsport. I mean, you know, that team continually punches above its weight, as I've said many times in the past, and they continue to deliver results, um, you know, that belies their, uh, their frugal sort of... Um, you know, their frugal funding as a, as a team. They do a great job. He's got a great bunch of guys working for him, Gary Rogers. You know, he's a smart operator in himself. He's a good knock-around guy and, uh, and you know, has produced so much driving talent over years as well. I, I just think... Um, I, I honestly couldn't be happier that um, Fujitsu's gone to Gary Rogers. Mm. It is an interesting one. And finally, before gas and go, Murphy just super
1: cheap auto racing. Is that uh, one too many roosters in
9: the uh, paul morris (laughs) racing hen house it possibly could be but wouldn't it isn't it going to make it an interesting time i mean got some very determined and very big personalities shall we say now in in his camp including himself i might add um it's going to make it a very interesting time a matter of watch this space will it be smooth i doubt it
0: got it yeah, interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's confirmed or not or or, or what. But uh, gee, you know, Russell Ingall and uh, and Greg Murphy together, holy hell! You know, ex- explosive fireworks there. <laughs> um, you know, a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, talent between the pair of them. And and I'll just just hark back to Indi to Indi. Here, here we go, Indy, the Super GP rally <laughs> last weekend. Greg Murphy, you know. Gee, you know, talk about drivers loving, uh, loving particular tracks, horses for courses. Murph was dead and buried so many times on the weekend, and yet he managed to claw his way back and was, you know, snapping at the heels of the front runners. Uh, just an amazing effort. You know, outside the guys we spoke about, Winterbottom particularly, you know, Murph, Murph's effort on the weekend was just stunning yeah it
1: was indeed and uh, and on combined points i know people hate it when i do this but combined points he was uh in fifth position over the weekend so uh he he managed to get it 187 points so Um, What's that, 101 points behind Mark Winterbottom But when you saw he had a few hits along the way It's not a bad effort Guys, Gas and Go Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine The new one that Gordo's been writing all the stories for Is on sale very, very soon So check it out in your newsstands Because it is one not to miss Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Starts now Five questions, three minutes Three minutes super gp well what is the future do we have to have an international series or does the government have to have an international series to keep it running
0: gordo oh, three minutes you set me an impossible task fair dinkum you're kidding um <laughs> look uh i, I think uh, i think yes and yes the gold coast um definitely needs an international car- category and so does the government Okay, you know, people can bitch and moan and scream about uh, the government tipping in $11 million and this and that, and it'll be cheaper just to have a V8 supercar race, but that's not the point. This event was born, you know, through an international category in 1991, um, and part of the event this year died because we didn't have that international category. So, yes, we do need to have, you know, an international category, whatever form it takes, I don't know. Hopefully the lines of communication are still open with the Indy Racing League, which the Premier wasn't uh, able to answer my question last Friday, um, because that was an absolute ripper series this year and it's got some Australian involvement as everyone knows. Mm. And of course, this series, Boido,
1: was the one that started the Brickyard 400 at Indianapolis because it didn't start with V8 supercars, it started with NASCAR
9: and the
1: IndyCars.
9: Yeah, three minutes to answer that question. Come on, you know me. We've got four to go. Say hello. We've got four to go. I can do it very, very shortly and succinctly, so you'll be pleased with that. The answer to the fact is, yes, there has to be an international category on the card. Not because V8s couldn't stand on their own. They could. They proved that as an entertainment package. Sure, the crowds were down, but at the end of the day, it was the rebranding of another product. The reason why there has to be an international category on the on the card is because that's the only way the Queensland government will dish over their money. They want it; it has to happen. Full stop.
1: How much has the racing over this weekend seen V8 Supercars say we are an in international category in our own right, and we can carry the show, boydo.
9: I think they've proved way beyond the fact that they can carry their show on their own. I think they've also proved that that when, you know, the the back's against the wall, the, the Australian spirit still comes out. They were able to adapt. They were able to organise it very quickly. Now, it's not just a matter of three or four board members saying, this is what we're going to do. There were massive implications and, and the pretense of some enormous legal battles had everybody not agreed to bind together with the true Australian spirit and make it work. They were able to do that. I think they've proved to, proved to a lot of sporting people that, and I'm talking about away from motor racing, that, hey, you know what, we are a category that are sort of people that you can work with and we can put on a fantastic show. There is no doubt that Race 1 on Saturday and Race 1 on Sunday were two of the most extraordinary you know, supercar races I've seen in a long time.
0: Got it Yeah, great. I mean, you know, look, there's no doubt that V8s can stand on their own two feet. I'm the first to admit that. I, I don't doubt it, you know, for any, any you know, shadow of doubt, but um, I think the key thing is here that, um, that V8 supercars... Um, you know, I, I, just, I, I just feel that um, the government, you know, realises that we've got Krypsal, we've got Townsville and V8 supercars only on the Gold Coast. Hey, that's just repeating what's going on in Adelaide and what's going on in Townsville. So we need a point of difference. And the point of difference with this race was the American open wheelers. Now, whether, it, you know, is that in the future or it's something else like Formula 3, like a, you know, have another leg of the Macau Grand Prix or something like that. I don't know, but it needs something other than V8 supercars.
9: All right, to make it stand out. Fair comment.
1: Should V8 supercars, with all the people that are trying to get into the series, for the people who are in the series and want more, and for the guys that are about to be turfed out because their racing entitlement contract that they're hiring needs to go somewhere else, should they release? Those extra racing entitled contracts that they've got up on the shelves, Gordo.
0: Mm, yeah. Well, this is um, this is a loaded question, and um, and it can't be answered in three minutes alone. But uh, <laughs> but I'll answer it very very succinctly. Look, um, should they release them? Yes, I think they should release the licences. Will they? No, they won't, because Coco wants to reduce it to twenty eight or whatever the number is. He's adamant about that. And uh, I don't think anyone's got a hope in Hades of uh, of getting the, you know, um, another, license, another license released. Look at uh, look at the Ambrose situation. You know, Stone Brothers were, had put together the deal. Was all done to to you know, use the the license that was taken back by V8 Supercars from the uh, Inter Racing uh, deal with Marcus Marshall. They wouldn't release it. Marcus Marshall would have. Uh, Marcus Ambrose, sorry, would have dragged ten thousand people more through the gate at the Sydney race alone. I know, I know. Tony Cochrane would be tearing whatever hair he's got left on his head out because of that, because he's hamstrung. He can't do anything about it. The teams won't release it.
9: Boyer? Yeah, it's you know. Look, as a racing car fan, I'd love to see a hundred cars on the grid, but I, I suppose it just falls down to the almighty dollar. And at the moment, the you know teams are saying that they're they're struggling for sponsorship and there's just not enough out there. And, and to, to go any other way than try and, you know, economise the sport and reduce the, you know, the numbers and therefore give those teams that are there the opportunity to to get better and more solid sponsors, uh, I think flies in the face of our current economic times. But as a motorsport fan, I mean, I'd love to see a 50-car grid. I just don't think it's, it's practical at the moment. Mm.
1: Now, when will 888 have to go to four cars when everyone else in the paddock is trying to get that technical alliance going and the customers as triple eight aren't going to be driving the car that triple eight's racing in 2010
9: boido that's the one that's got me over a barrel i i i can't i can't fathom that idea one iota i mean i'm sure that they could do it and they could do it with consummate skill i mean there's some smart cookies Um, in team Vodafone but it just flies in the face of everything we believe in our sport isn't it having two different makes in two different guards all aligned to the one team it's uh, it almost defies logic but I suppose in many respects not dissimilar to you know some of the other stuff we've spoken about like going overseas and and those sorts of things increasing the number of rounds each year it's just the progression of the sport and maybe we should just sit back and see how it all pans out. Gordo?
0: I remember distinctly three years ago having a, a discussion with David Richards um, from ProDrive uh, about this very subject um, at Bathurst. And, you know, he was spruiking the uh, virtues of four and six-car teams, and everyone was poo-pooing the idea. What's it, what's it going to now? Four-car teams. Triple-A um, to a degree are going that way next year because they've got that alliance already with paul morris motorsport so you know i I think uh it's kind of going to be like a pseudo four car operation with uh with with the morris effort next year
1: and finally what's the future for jason bright gordo
0: oh you know difficult question um i mean jason's uh Jason, he's he sort of um, he's been around the traps for a long time, hasn't he? You know, he's been in this category for what um, on and off for you know twelve years or so. Um, you know, uh, in between a, a stint with uh, Indy Lights racing in America, um, but I, I, I really don't think he's got many options left left open to him. I know he's, you know, he's trump cards. Um, he, you know, he's got a, he's got the license. You know, the old license or two. But uh, you know. I, you know, where's the backing gonna come from? That's the big question. Where where is Jason gonna get the funding, you know, to uh you know, to to prop up a, a decent effort? Gorda
9: a Yeah, it's really sad, isn't it? I mean, you know, he was a guy that gave up a really solid contract to move across to try and, you know, maintain his own team. His his vision has always been, you know, to be a, a driver, a team manager or a team manager and Unfortunately for him, in many respects, he's had the rug uh, pulled out from underneath him. And and I don't say that in a negative way to Fujitsu. They've got to do what they think is best. And and Bright couldn't come up with a two-car team. Uh, Maybe if he did, they'd still be there. But, you know, that that dollar, once again, uh, is going to to cripple somebody that we probably deserve, you know, in the sport. I'm not prepared to write him off just yet, Gordo. I'd like to give it another month for him to try and, you know, shake his head around and... I would be very surprised if he had all his eggs in one basket. And I see him, and this is what I was referring to with the, uh, the Stone Brothers thing, I'm wondering if he's going to be knocking on their door as being a pseudo Stone Brothers team and then really concentrate on the commercial side of his business that has probably, you know, uh, struggled over the last couple of years where he can get out there and really market um, the corporate side as opposed to, you know, trying to engineer a car at the same time.
0: Gordo? Yeah, no, look, sorry, Bordeaux, I'll back that one out. I'll back You're the wrong. Stone Brothers thing out. Yep,
9: I, I, I don't
1: think it's going to be Stone Brothers either. But as that is gas and Go for another week. It only took us God knows how long. As uh, the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, my thanks to Gordon Lomas and Grant Boyden. Pleasure. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
2: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.